welcome to episode 98 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at Shambolt.com. And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner-in-chief editor of Shakefire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney with Last One to Leave to Theater.com and ATLCW.tv. And I am back this week, but as you, uh, as, as <laughs> Mike pointed out earlier, I, I sound drunk <laughs> because I'm so congested. Um, so bear with me as my, my voice sounds like this through this podcast. Hopefully. I feel like I've been sick for like two and a half weeks. I just want to be well again. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, that's all I want. You've been going pretty nonstop for yeah, and it's, basically that amount of time. Yeah, I feel like basically since Europe, and um, next week I'm actually headed out to Cinecon in Vegas, which I'll talk a little bit about at the end of our podcast, but uh, no rest for the weary over here. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, let's jump into uh it's like Speaking of no rest to. this week. No rest. <laughs> what we've been doing. The Atlanta Film Festival. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. I, I've been to basically two two events so far because of this cold and everything else, but I'm going to be around um, a lot tomorrow and, and Saturday and Sunday. But uh, um, yeah, how has it been so far for you guys? What has been the, the highlights of the festival and the uh, your favorite films that you've seen so far? Well, for me, at least, um, Blind Spotting has been my highlight of the festival. Um, that was the opening night film uh, last Friday. And um, it was just an amazing film. And like, I knew pretty much nothing about this film going into it because there is not a lot of information out there about the film. Like there, no trailer has been released. Um, I've only, I had only seen like one image of the two leads um, beforehand. So like, honestly, I didn't know much about this film going into it. And it is just a fantastic movie about you know it's about gentrification police brutality like it touches on all these topical subjects and it's just absolutely brilliant like david diggs is in it he's the lead and um you know he like he even incorporates verse into it like he does like like with hamilton like he did on hamilton and like those scenes are just so amazing it's it's a movie i haven't seen the like of ever and so, like, that's what kicked off the Atlanta Film Festival for me. And, like, that has been the highlight. Like, as good as this year has been, which it has been, that currently is still, like, my favorite moment of the festival. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved, I did love um, uh, Blind Spotting. Uh, it was a fantastic film. But my, actually, my favorite film is a film called uh, Liana. And it's a part documentary, part narrative. Um, it's about a bunch of orphans in uh, Swaziland, where they're for a tiny country of I think 1.3 million people. There are over 200,000 um, orphans, um, mostly due to the fact that there's incredibly almost 50% of the population has AIDS, and so. Parents um, and siblings are dying, you know, right and left and creating this just incredible amount of orphans. So this orphanage um, has a storyteller come in and she helps the kids create a folktale about a young girl named Liana. And so the, she's just there to guide them. And she's like, so what happens next? And she just lets the kids figure out this story. 
And then so then they start telling the story and then this animation starts up and the animation is just gorgeous. Um, it's done by an artist. I don't remember his name, but it's done by an, uh, a Nigerian-born artist that lives now in the United States. And it's just a magical film. And it's it just shows you how resilient kids are. Um, and it also gives you hope because it's a very positive message. The the, the animation, the, the, the folktale they come up with is a very positive um, storyline. So I just love that film. Um there's been a couple others. I mean, we saw Matt and I saw a documentary on uh, Wednesday night uh, about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court justice, called RBG um, because uh, she's known on the internet as notorious RBG, <laughs> and that was a really wonderful. Uh, I, I learned a lot about her that I didn't know, and I thought that was a really wonderful uh, um, documentary, also. And then. Um, Matt and I did the red carpet. Uh, oh, well, we were supposed to do the red carpet, but unfortunately, Jason Reitman uh, got delayed. He only was there for the uh, Q&A for the master class the next day. But we saw his film, uh, Tully, which we'll be reviewing in a couple of weeks. No, we'll be reviewing we're, tonight. We're reviewing today. today. <laughs> yeah, today. <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> we're reviewing that in a couple of minutes. Oh, a couple of minutes. Okay. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm we're sorry. reviewing that one today. Oh, that's right. We are doing that today. I kind of forgot about that. So, it's all right. Of, we're, we'll we're tired from seeing films. <laughs> yeah, but... um. um well, cool. I mean, so far, Tully is the only the only film that I've made it to. Although I have been watching um, the documentary shorts, which I'm actually going to be a juror for, and I'm doing that on Friday. Going to sit down in a room with some other jurors and uh, figure out who who the winner is. Um, so I'm looking forward to that because I've actually I did this last year, but I was in Ireland when they actually had the the session for everyone to get together and actually talk out who was going to win. Um, so I had to just like send in all of my thoughts and, um, I don't know if they paid any attention <laughs> to them or not. <laughs> so I don't think my favorite one won, so I'm not sure they did, but, um, um, I'm excited to kind of see what that process is yeah. like and, uh, be a part of that on Friday. There, there's some, some good doc documentary shorts that hasn't, have you, have you guys seen any of them yet? Has, have they had that block yet in the festival? I haven't done any of the, the the shorts, either I, you know, documentary, narrative, or animated. So I'm not sure. I, I have. Um, I um, the for the uh, Thursday night when they did the uh, the soft opening of the film festival. Um, there one one of the categories was documentary shorts. So I I guess I've seen some of the films that you're you're talking about. Um, I've seen two or three different uh, shorts. Um, so, cause I've seen, uh, in seven days I've seen 15 different programs. Um, so I've seen a bunch of shorts, so I don't know which, I don't know if they've got a special one or if it's just those, those, all those shorts are just spread out. So I imagine they were yeah. spread out. Yeah. So more than likely yeah. I've seen, I've seen some of the ones that you're judging on. I like yeah, that I they're getting together for it. Cause like normally when it's just, it's like, too. Oh, everybody sends in their their votes and then you just tally it up and whoever has the most votes wins. Like I like that there's a discussion, an in-person discussion about it. So things can yeah. change and it just exactly. makes and it more interesting. Exactly. You can kind of talk it out. No, definitely. Um, I've been taking notes on um, there's 11 that we're, we're voting on. So it's uh, 
it's been cool kind of taking notes and I'm looking forward to, to that discussion. There, there are some great ones in there and I feel like shorts in general, although last year I was working, uh, they had me on a documentary or excuse me, animation shorts. And there were some weird films in the animation short category last year. And I was like, I don't know if this <laughs> is the category for me. Um, because I also like, though I really enjoy animated work and I went to art school, so I definitely have an appreciation for, uh, for, for that medium, but it's just not something I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm much more, um, capable of offering like criticism and critiques in, in this space than I am the animation space. But, uh, I feel like shorts, there's just not really anywhere you can see them other than film festivals. At least that's not like, you know, really publicized and shorts are just, it's so great with like the attention span of the, the average American person now, you know, sitting down and watching web series or watching, you know, um, like little five minute videos or whatever online, you know, shorts can be a little bit longer than that, but it's just like a really great dose of content in a really easy short period of time. And I just, I, I just have such a love for, for shorts because of yeah, that. Yeah, and, it, and that's what the Atlanta Film Festival specializes in because they're one of only five film festivals in the United States that all three categories, animated, narrative, and documentary shorts, are all, um, if you win at the Atlanta Film Festival, you're eligible for the Academy Awards, for, for getting nominated for the Academy Awards. So this is a big prestige film festival for shorts. That's why they get so many entries. I can't remember how many entries they said that Cameron said they got, but it's an amazing amount. And, and by the so way, there's there's a lot riding on you, Emma, since you're you're judging. <laughs> that's right, Oscar. What you pick, what you pick can, can win an Oscar. Just just that. remember that and you by, have that much I'm power. I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> and by the way, um, Atlanta Film Festival just got pick, picked by Movie Maker Magazine, which is an industry uh, magazine, uh, as one of the top 50 um, film festivals in the United States that um, it's worth your entry fee for for filmmakers. Um, and in fact, actually, Cameron got mentioned. And actually, uh, they also mentioned that he's a programmer for the Rome Film Festival, which we all three love. And they, they called it the Excellent Rome Film Festival. So I thought that was really cool that kind of two of our favorite film festivals were mentioned in the same article. Yeah, no, that's that great. Awesome. Yeah, they, they do a really great job with this, this festival. It's going to be like sad when it's over. I wish that it lasted as long as the Jewish Film Festival. But I think if it did... Um, the crew behind Atlanta Film Festival might just fall over. Yeah. Um, it's just so much work. <laughs> so much work. Um, but uh, moving along, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week uh, for, for the uh, the events and the screenings that are, are still left. Um, but let's uh, move ahead. Uh, Mike got to do something pretty cool. I think it was two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. All right, Mike? So Amy Schumer is coming out with a new film called I Feel Pretty. And uh, which we'll be talking about a little later. And uh, I got to interview her. Um, you can see the transcript over on the ATLCW.TV uh, uh, page. Um, and um, she was just, she was, first off, she was very nice when she watched. We don't always get, when you get these interviews, and I always understand because we don't know how long these, these people have been on the road. We don't know what time they got up because they probably did three morning shows. You know, a couple of radio stations, a couple of TV stations. So they've been up probably since five in the morning or they took the red eye um, coming from another city where they've done all this. 
And um, so uh, she first walked in the door, and uh, it was a roundtable situation with me and three other people. And uh, she shook everybody's hand, learned our name, asked us if we had ever interviewed her before. Um, and then she was only supposed to do around 12 minutes, and she did 18 minutes. Um, so I thought that was really cool. She was great, uh, very funny, very personable, um, and um, willing to answer any of our questions. So it was a, it was a great experience. Um, and uh, it, it, as you, you'll hear with, uh, with our review, um, it's a really enjoyable movie um, also. So it was just a, it was a fun experience, and it was a big thrill for me because I'm a big fan of hers. I love her stand-up, and um, I've also I loved her TV show uh, that she had for a while, for a couple of seasons. So it's, it was a great, great thrill for me. I didn't squee or anything, Matt, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it still was thrilling to, to sitting across the table from her because uh, I'm a huge fan. Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I feel like sometimes with, especially with like comedians, you don't necessarily know the vibe of what you're walking into because they're, you know, sometimes they can be kind of snarky with you and you can in the moment not know how to deal with that. Um, so that was really cool that it was such a, a, such a good experience and she was so chill. I feel like I just want to like hang out with her and Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that would be like the ultimate girls day. Yeah. She, she said um, that somebody asked her did, so, um, she produced the film. Um, as well as starred in it. And so they asked somebody at one of the reporters asked her, did you celebrate after afterwards? And she says, well, I kind of celebrate every night. So (laughs) 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 technically you can say yes, but (laughs) that's That's awesome. (laughs) Um, well, cool. Cool. So uh, people can read that over on your site and that movie's out this Friday. That's correct. All right. Well, cool. We'll talk about that here in a little bit um, and review it. And Matt, you also had a a pretty cool interview that you did roughly two weeks ago, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to interview the cast of Super Troopers 2. So um, the whole Broken Lizard, you know, comedy troupe, they came in to Atlanta to do a press tour for the movie. Um, We actually did it at Sweetwater Brewery. So, Mike, you would have been right at home there. Yeah, I would have. but um yeah like we had barbecue and stuff which was really nice because you know most of these um interviews that we do are you know in the hotel rooms and stuff and you know it it gets very stuffy up there oftentimes with everybody going in and out and in and out but um so to do it at a brewery was pretty cool and pretty nice and um so yeah you know i talked with you know all five of the main cast members and they discussed the film and making it um one of the more more interesting things about supers troopers 2 is that it was crowdfunded so they did a indiegogo campaign to get this movie funded and um they actually raised enough money to include a live bear in the film which was pretty awesome um, How much does it cost to include a live bear in a film? I don't know what the is it, the is break. It expensive? <laughs> I mean, like they had, you know, like like most. If you have ever if you ever done a uh, one of the crowdfunding campaigns, you know, they have different levels and stuff. And so, like, it was two million dollars. That was the the minimum to get the movie made. And then I think I want to say the live bear was added at four million. Yeah, they. Can. So. I looked. I looked at their campaign, and they, and like 
they had different levels. So if they get reached yeah. five million, they'd add this. And if they reached, like they got to where they were like three hundred dollars away to having a incredible car crash, but they didn't yeah. quite make it when the when the funding ran out, when the the time ran out. But um, yeah, it was really cool to talk with them and stuff. And you know, um, so like. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but we talked about it in person. At least Emma and I did. Basically, where we watched, we talked about watching Nailed It and um, <laughs> that crazy baking show. And uh, Jay Chandrasekhar, who's the lead in Super Troopers, he directed Super Troopers 2. Um, he shows up in the sixth episode as a guest judge. And, like, we had no idea going into this. And this was before, like, I was scheduled to interview him. But this was before I had done the interview. It was like, oh, my God, we have to ask him about about that, about him appearing on Nailed It. And so, like, I, I asked him about that. I did after the interview. And, like, so I was just talking. He's like, he had no idea that they were going to use him because he leaves in the middle of the episode to go pick up his kid. <laughs> and he actually had to go pick up his kid, and he told him that beforehand, and he just assumed that they were going to like either cut him out of the episode or cut around that, or but they leave everything in. And like he was telling me how like everybody is approaching him and be like, hey, what's up with that? Nailed it. Um, guest appearance you made. And it's it's just it was just hilarious. And like he had never watched the show. He doesn't watch the show or anything. And he was just like, yeah, it is what it is. But, um, no, the guys, they're all really great, and they're really funny. So, And Super Troopers 2 is a, is a solid film. It comes out this week. And if you're a fan of the first film, you're going to like the sequel, which, you know, that's, that's kind of a rarity, you know, especially with a film like this where, you know, it's become such a cult <laughs> film. And, you know, people have been asking for Super Troopers 2 for, you know, the past 17 years. Like, that's how long it's been since the first one comes out. And so when you have a film like that, usually the sequel rarely lives up to those expectations. But um, Super Troopers 2 does a good job of, you know, paying tribute to the original while still, you know, including new jokes and new humor. That's awesome. Um, so that's out this Friday. It's an additional thing you guys can check out. Um, speaking of doing uh, the interview in a brewery, though, I have to say my favorite place is still the Claremont for that one movie we did. Oh, my God. For <laughs> Keanu. It was, Ke oh, it was Keanu. Yeah. Yeah. That With was, Jordan uh, Peele. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'll ever recover from seeing the Claremont in daylight. Yeah. It's a different way to look at it. <laughs> that was a fun um, interview. Yeah, it was a funny review. Um, my my uh, my golden doodle has just finished her stick that I was pretty sure was going to take her all of the podcast. So if you hear her, I apologize. <laughs> um, she's like looking for something to get into now. Mm -mm. Um, but moving along, let's jump into the box office report for last week. Um, how did how did you what what predictions did you guys make, and how did Rampage do based on what you guys thought it was going to make? We predicted Rampage would be the number one movie. Um, I don't remember exact numbers. I think I said between 35 and 36 was what, exactly what it did. Well, well, you should go. go to Vegas with us, uh, <laughs> Mike, and put, put some money down on uh, what you think things are. You're always so close to to what it makes. Um, 
So yeah, that one had a production budget of 120. So how do we think Rampage really did in the, the grand scheme of things? Is it doing really well overseas? I mean, or? yeah, it's it's doing in, insane in China, I believe. It's like the number one movie. Um, and I think it's just doing really well overseas. So like, I think it's going to have a good run. I mean, it's not it's not going to do Jumanji numbers. It's going to be nowhere near close to that. But <laughs> but I mean, I think right. it's a solid, a solid movie. At least box office wise, Mike and I already gave our review last week, and <laughs> not yeah, not so not, much. <laughs> not not story wise, it's it's a terrible movie, but um, you know, it's resonating with audiences. I mean, it's The Rock. Like The Rock has done an amazing job at marketing himself. Like you don't go to Rampage to see Rampage; you go to Rampage to see The Rock. Yeah, exactly. Um. Well, Quiet Place hung in there. Uh, it's at uh, number two with 32.9 million. Now total gross being over 100 million on a $17 million budget. So that's pretty awesome. I still am so excited to see that one. I know you guys loved it. Yeah. Um, Truth or Dare opened in third with 18.6 million. Ready Player One fell to fourth with 11.5 million. And Blockers is uh, rounding out the top five with. 10.7 million. And then so. we talked about Isle of Dogs, um, that it was going in a bunch of new theaters. So um, it made number seven on the top 10 list. Uh, the first week he was number 10, but they added almost uh, 1,000, almost 1,400 screens. Um, so it's doing rather well. It's already done 18.9 million. Um, there were a couple of new movies that came out that did not do very well. Um, Beirut with John Hamm came in number 13 at only $1.7 million, although it was only in 755 theaters. And then uh, the animated film Sergeant Stubby, an American hero, did only $1.3 million. Yeah, I know. And I've, I've never even heard of that movie. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it was done by, a, it's done by a small studio. It's actually based on a true story about a dog in World War One. It's the, um, the dog... Has, was the highest is still the highest decorated dog in the United States history, um, and it, it was in over almost one one thousand seven hundred theaters, and it only did one point three million dollars. So, I always feel kind of sad for films like that, that because you know people work really hard on it, and it just it's, well, like there's and there's like there's no promotion for that either. Like I'd never never heard of it. And, you know, like, we, we see a lot of indie stuff. Yeah. And, like, for us to... Had you heard of it beforehand? I, I knew of it because I, of the fact that I do the preview this on the ATLCW. Yeah, the distributor is, is uh, a group called Fun Academy. Um, so, it's just... I mean, it, it even even the cast was a little bit lesser because um, I'm sure their budget was lesser. So, it was, like, Helen Bonham Carter and... Logan Lerman and uh, Je- uh, Gerard Depardieu. Um, so, yeah, that's actually a pretty decent cast. It's not, it's not a bad cast, but those aren't any yeah. names that you know would go out and promote the film. Um, and it, that, from what I could tell, it was pretty much a grassroots um, uh, uh, following uh, to advertising budget. And my guess is they're going to make up the they're going to try to make it up on when they do the DVD, um, Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, uh, VOD sales. So. Right. 
Well, um, obviously next week we know what's going to be, uh, well, I guess the, the next round after next weekend, because uh, we've got Avengers coming out on the, the 24th. Wait, it's not, it's not going to be lean on, is it it's not going to be lean on Pete? No, no, it's not going to be lean on Pete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for, for this weekend, um, what do you guys think? What are your, your guesses at the, the top three spots? I don't even know what's coming out this weekend. <laughs> so, be, so this oh, yeah. weekend you have, oh, you have yeah. You have, yeah, I feel pretty. Yeah, yeah. Right? I feel pretty. Super Troopers two and, Super and, Troopers and traffic. Two. Those are the three big ones. Oh, yeah. And then there's a bunch of smaller ones also, but the three big ones are are are, are I feel pretty. Super Troopers two traffic. I'm gonna my money's on I feel pretty. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. But I, is it gonna overtake Rampage? Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. Okay, here's here. You, it's it's going to be a quiet place. That's going to be exactly. Be the, that's exactly the crazy what I was going to say. I'm going to say a quiet place. Yep, quiet place will be number one, probably around twenty two or twenty three million, maybe like, maybe even up to twenty five. I think Rampage will come in second, and then I feel pretty. It'll be a close. It could be either one of those two for number two, because they're. I think they're both going to be in the sixteen seventeen million dollar range. Um. And then, like, Truth of Dare is going to drop off drastically because the word of mouth on that is not going to be very good. Um, Super Trooper is true, too. The problem is, is that it was, like, 10 years since Super Troopers? 17. 17. Okay. That's wow. That's a big problem. Because that's... I think. You've already... You've, you've gone through a generation. So, the generation yeah. that saw Super Troopers and fell in love with it are incredibly older now. And the young people don't know anything about super troopers and i'd i'd i see that i see super troopers you'd not- be you'd be surprised though okay because it does have a such a cult following and like they were talking about but- how there that there is still like younger a younger the younger generation is still you know they watch their movies and like they are quoting it to them and stuff like the first film still is insanely like popular even among younger generation I, it's well, it's probably something that like you know people's family members, parents, or aunts and uncles like sh- you know showed to them when they were yeah. younger, and they've grown up loving it, and now they're they're excited for it. I mean, the Kickstarter campaign alone shows that there's still a good amount of interest yeah. in it. So, and I mean, like, but that's, it's still that's, like that's crazy quotable, and like people make memes out of it all the time still. So like, it still kind of hangs in there. Okay, I'm I'm predicting it's going to be somewhere in seventh, eighth place. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not saying oh. it's going to have an amazing box office, but I'm just saying like yeah. I mean, I've seen I'm seeing like five million dollars, maybe maybe the best six million dollars. Well, we shall see next week. Um, well, let's move into our reviews for this week. Uh, first up, we have Tully, which we all saw Sunday night at the Atlanta Film Festival. Uh, Matt, you want to set this one up for us? Yeah. So Tully is a comedy drama from Jason Reitman, um, and it's this is the third movie he's directed that has been written by Diablo Cody. So they've previously worked together on Juno and Young Adult, and now Tully. So if you're a fan of those movies, this is one you definitely want to watch. And Basically, the film stars Charlize Theron, as she's Marlo, and she's a pregnant mother already has two kids and is expecting her third and her life at home is basically just overwhelming already 
and third one is about to come. And so, basically, her brother um, decides to give her a gift, and it is a a night nurse, as they call it, who is a a woman who comes in and basically takes care of the the newborn baby at night and lets lets the mother sleep for a little bit at least, so they can be refreshed during the day. And um, that person ends up being Tully, who is played by Mackenzie Davis, who is this young and preppy little girl or young woman who is, you know, she's basically everything that Charlize Theron wished she could be. And so it's just the film is, you know, their interactions as they are trying to take care of take care of this newborn. Um, I'm trying not to say too much <laughs> because yeah, there's definitely there's, uh, a spoilerish yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> so like it's it's a movie you just want to go out and you just go out and watch it because yeah, it is it is wonderful. And it's uh it's written by Diablo Cody. Yeah, and uh, I think this is actually the first film of Jason Reitman's to not have J.K. Simmons in it. I felt like the whole time J.K. Simmons was going to pop up somewhere. Um, I need to actually look that up and see if that's actually a, a true fact. Because Jason, like, J.K. Simmons is in all of his movies. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so let's let's jump into the review. Uh, were you guys bored at all during this one? I personally was not bored at all. Yeah. I was, uh, no. I was it's, in it it's, in it the entire time. It's very captivating. And it's very, it's very down to earth and just... I call it unapologetic. Like it shows motherhood in all its glory and in all its just chaotic mess. And it's it's a fascinating movie. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't bored either. Uh, it's also hilarious. It's a funny funny movie and it's mostly because Charlize Theron's character is one of these people that is she can make a quip make a joke at a moment's notice and does it all the time. And it's just the stuff that comes out of her mouth is just really funny. Uh, were you guys rolling your eyes at all during this one? No, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's, it's very smart. Um, I was rolling my eyes at the end of the film um, because Jason Reitman was there and he gave, gave a Q&A and he was just gushing over how Diablo Cody writes and basically how the film was like her first draft. And basically she just writes it so perfectly from beginning to end, like in order. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, I hate how good you are. <laughs> it's like, oh, I was so jealous. Yeah, Diablo Cody is, is she's just a natural talent. Um, and I haven't seen Young Adult, which is the, the last film that they collaborated yeah. on. And Charlize was in that one yep. as well. Um, I need to I need to check that one out. Um, I wasn't rolling my eyes at all either. I think the, the only thing, like as a 34-year-old female um, who was in her, her childbearing years watching this was like, yep, made the right, I'm making the right decision not to have kids right now. This movie's just confirming it for me. Um, so that was kind of my only <laughs> kind of like, I was like, a dog is hard enough for me right now. I can't imagine like three kids in this movie oh, is just God, completely yeah. justifying that. Um, 
it's just I'm so much mad props for all the moms yeah. out there because like that is it's just so it's like much. I de- and then having a newborn yeah oh. I definitely have a much greater respect for my mom because I'm the middle child of three so you know that was my mom <laughs> and going <laughs> going through all that with us kids yeah you know so just, I wasn't eye rolling it either. Um, I, I love this film. Um, one thing we should say is um, the youngest, uh, the son, um, is a special needs child. They don't really know what's wrong with him, but it's just that he has a tendency to, to almost like he's almost uh, has Asperger's. Um, where he likes routines, and if the routine is changed and he starts kicking, uh, he's sitting in the back seat and he starts kicking his mom's front seat, like, just really savagely, at, and starts just driving her crazy. I mean, there's a scene very early in the film where she's having to find parking in a, in a parking lot they don't usually park in, and he's just having a mental breakdown over the fact they're not in the right parking lot. Um, and that's a very key part of the story because he takes up so much of the attention of her and also takes away the attention of, of the mom uh, from the older uh, uh, daughter. And that causes a lot of stress and strain uh, for her. Right. Right. Um, following up on my, my fun fact from earlier, this is, in fact, Jason Reitman's first film to not be feature J.K. Simmons, so I got that right. Um, But uh, moving along, uh, best and worst performance in this. For me, there wasn't a bad performance, and obviously Charlize's performance, I think, was, I mean, she's, I feel like the more and more I see her in, the more and more she impresses me. Like, she's, she's just so good. Yeah, no. And this is a great example of, of her talent. I totally agree. She gets the best performance for me like she just she can just she can just get into a role like whatever it is whether you know like it's Mad Max Fury Road or something like this um like she just gets into it and becomes unrecognizable like she becomes the character like you don't see like oh this is movie star Charlize Theron like you do with like oh Tom Cruise or someone like that you know it's like you just see the character that they play and she just just exactly. does an amazing job with it. Yeah, I, I feel like that's it's so rare when you see an actor or an actress that you just completely lose in the film because mm-hmm. they just they become the character and they you actually see them evolve as the character like on screen. And you just completely forget that you're watching, you know, one of the most beautiful women in the world. Um yeah, so that's what was it for you, Mike? Um, I t- well, Charlize is great, and I always love her. I really like Mackenzie Davis, um, but I've liked her since Halt and Catch Fire. So um, I just thought that she did a, a really got good job in that role, um, and uh, she was fun to watch on the screen because she's kind of she comes in and basically changes um, um, Marlowe's uh, the Charlize Theron's character's life. Um, the way that she looks at life, the way that she looks at motherhood, the way she looks at a lot of things. And um, uh, Mackenzie Davis says very early on that I'm not here to take care of the baby. I'm here to take care of you. And um, that's what she does. And um, it's, it's, I, I think it, it could have been, it very easily been a, 
a role that some some other actress could have play, played a little over the top, and I thought McKenzie hit the, all the right notes with it. And then also, I always like Mark uh, Duplass, so it, he plays the the husband, and uh, it, I just always have, have liked his his acting uh, style. So I still I still like going back to what we were saying about becoming characters and stuff. I still always see Mark Duplass as Pete from the League. I'm sorry, like, I know, like, that was the first thing I ever saw him before I knew him as, like, you know, the the director and producer of all these great films. Like, I knew him as Pete from The League, and so, like, he still hasn't gotten away from that persona, for me, at least. <laughs> he was great in the movie. I, like, he's still a great actor and everything. But it's just like, oh, there's Pete. Well, see, I, I, I'm I, say- um, I've liked Mark Duplass since he did uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, which is a small indie film that I highly recommend um, everybody to see. It's a, it's a very inventive, um, uh, actually based kind of sort of on a true story, but um, it's just a really cool film. Um, uh, Audrey Plaza's in it and uh, Jake Johnson's in it. Um, and it's just a really cool film that's a lot of fun. And um, one of my favorites, Marilyn Ricegub, is also in it. And uh, uh, so if you're looking for a small indie film to fill an afternoon on a Saturday or Sunday, uh, try out uh, Safety Not Guaranteed because uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but that's where I discovered Mark Duplass. Uh, what you guys are saying with Mark is the same way that I am with Ron Livingston. Like he's always oh, going to yeah. be Peter. Yeah, same. <laughs> from Office Space for me, like yep. it's just that's that's what I will always see him as. Um, obviously, no Atlanta factor here. This was filmed in New York. Uh, so overall, on the scale of one to ten, or excuse me, one to five on the official Atlas scale, what would you guys give this one? Uh, I'm trying to think, like. I, I think I'm going to give it a five. Like, it is really a fantastic... Like, I can't think of any reason to give it anything less than a five. Like, nothing is coming to mind. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a five. I really like this film. Yeah, I And d- it's just... It's one you're going to want to see over and over again. Like, I guarantee you. So, it is It is just fantastic. Yeah, and and um, if, you, if you guys see us this weekend at the Atlanta Film Festival or somewhere else, we... Um, I don't want to give anything away because if you, I don't want to ruin anything as far as spoilers or thing. But it was really cool that uh, uh, Jason Reitman let us in on a secret from this film. That's really really cool. Um, and so if you see us, I can tell you in person. But obviously, don't want to give it out over, over the podcast because I think it actually would kind of ruin the movie. But if you see the movie, I can tell you. Um, this is a really, really cool little thing that they did in the film um, that I want to see this film again because I want to look for this now. Um, uh, so, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah I know what you're right. talking about. So. Um, no, I, I completely agree. And it, it would be a five for me, too. Uh, not only for that reason, but because uh, I didn't expect things to end up the way that they ended up. And I feel like anytime you see a movie that isn't predictable, um, I mean, that alone is amazing to me, but this was so well constructed, so well acted. And then exactly what you're talking about, Mike, this, these little special things that are in it. Um, it's just a really, really well done movie. Um, did a fantastic job on it. And they actually, it was originally supposed to come out 
um, next weekend, but they pushed it back to May 4th because uh, they didn't want to compete with Avengers. There's another little movie <laughs> so, coming out next week. Little movie. Little Marvel movie. Um, I mean, even in week two, they're still going to be competing with Avengers. Yeah. But um, this is definitely one worth seeing, especially if you if you like his other work. I mean, Gino, I still, yeah. Gino is such a great well, film. Well, I mean, he's, he's got um, a great, I mean, I mean, Thank You for Smoking was, was his first feature film. That's yeah. great. Juno is his second one. Then Up in the Air. Um, now, the last three films that he's done, which was Young Adult, Labor Day, and Men, Women, and Children, um, have not it's in my opinion, I'm not been as good um, as those those other films that they started, and I'm very very happy that that he's back making. He's got he's got his mojo back, and um, and I I was very excited because I really loved his early career. So I'm very excited that we you know to to see the next film coming out. Yeah, and it was such a cool experience getting to to you know, be a part of that Q and A and hear hear that and be able to hear him explain and really articulate, you know, various parts of this film. Um, it's just an, another reason that it's worth checking out Atlanta Film Festival because that's just such such a cool experience with such a great Which film. which goes through this Sunday, so you still have time to go out there and see some amazing films. There's some great films this weekend. Including yeah. um, I'm not gonna remember the name of it. I'm gonna have to look it up real quick, but the woman that just got the dead dead pigs dead pigs yeah and, and that which is directed by Kathy Yan right who just got announced as the birds of prey director right that DC yeah. is looking for so which I'm also that's looking a great for, get by the film festival I'm also looking forward to <laughs> yeah. because uh, I loved the TV series birds of prey when it came out I don't know how long ago on the WB oh WB days yep. that was like roughly 99 <laughs> yep. 2000 it was Back in the the Smallville Era. Roswell days, yep. the good old days. I miss WB. <laughs> um, Birds of Prey didn't do too well though, and I remember I don't remember uh, what it. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Birds of Prey's poster. This is like a, a quirky little design thing. They literally used like the exact same poster and put somebody else mm. on it for another film. Oh, this is going to bother well, me. Well, they though. did that with Arrow too, where they it was did that like with Arrow it was and switched Arrow out some bodies and. Um, Joe was it Supernatural? Supernatural, or was it? No, I think it, it was are you talking about Diaries? the True Blood poster? Or True Blood, yeah, with, yeah, with Joe Magniella. Yeah. I hope I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I butcher it every time I say it. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Just when you when you actually start looking at these little design quirks about you know promotional pictures and ads and all of this, how they will literally pull body parts or, you know, from various actors and make together this perfect person and then stick a new head on it. It's just kind of, it's kind of morbid, but also kind of fascinating. Yeah. Were um, Dina Meyer and Ashley Scott and Rachel Skarsgård, were they, was that at Heroes and Villains last year? Here in Atlanta? I don't think so. I don't think so. It It might have been. Maybe it was Dragon Con. They all kind of run together for me now because we we have so much of the same the same talent at every show. I, all I know is that um, it's within possible. the last couple of years, I actually saw the panel with all three leads. Um, I think. I think that was yeah, Dragon I think it was Dragon Con. I think, uh, but that was just a thrill for me because I I like I like I said I was a big fan of the show, so um, it's kind of cool. I'm going to find this poster, um, but I'm, we'll have to circle back to it. Maybe I can find it by the end of our our next review. 
Um, let's let's uh, dive into our next review for I Feel Pretty. Uh, Mike, you want to set this one up for sure. us? Sure. So um, Amy Schumer plays a woman who works in a crappy job. Um, she's very insecure. Um, she uh, Her dream is to... She works down in a basement um, in tech support um, for a cosmetics firm. and But she dreams of actually working at the headquarters. And... Um, she goes to a soul cycle. Uh, it's a great scene. She goes to a soul cycle um, workout and uh, in attempts to do the workout, she falls off the, the bike and hits her head. And when she awakens, she believes she's the most beautiful and capable woman on the planet. Like she's gone through this magic transformation. And so she begins to live her life uh, fearlessly and to the fullest. Um, she gets a job as a receptionist at the cosmetic company, and things start changing. She gets a boyfriend, and but she's got some friends uh, played by a uh, oh man, I'm I'm gonna forget who. I know Busy Phillips is one of them, um, and the other one I'm looking up really quick. Uh, she's from Saturday Night Live. Um, Eighty, come on guys, help me out. I don't know Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Current cast uh, is Saturday Night Live. Hold on. I'm, I don't watch Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah, I don't watch oh, Saturday Night Live either. I'm looking at the cast. Mich- Michelle Williams, Emily Ratajkowski's in this. I didn't realize that. Eddie uh, Bryant. Eddie Bryant. Eddie Bryant are two best Katie, friends. Okay. Um, and they're they're all three have been best friends for a long time. And because she she's developed this, uh, basically she thinks she's one of the most beautiful women in the world, and she's got this great confidence now. Um, she her relationship with her friends starts changing. Um, Michelle Williams plays um, Avery, who's the heir to this cosmetic fortune. Um, the thing is that Michelle Williams' voice in this film is hilarious. She talks really, really high, almost like a kid, and really, really softly. And so you don't, you can't believe that she's running a company. Um, Lauren Hutton plays her grandmother who's still involved. She was the founder of the cosmetics company. And that's basically the, the film is that, that Amy Schumer starts believing that she's this supermodel um, that, you know, uh, can do anything. So were you bored at all during this one or was it pretty? No, it's, pretty a, fun, it's a fun film. I, um, it's, it's not a great film, but it's a fun film because of Amy Schumer's so good in it. And Michelle Williams steals the movie. She really does. Um, in my interview with Amy Schumer, I asked her about Michelle Williams doing that voice. And Michelle is the one who came up with the voice. Um, she had been practicing it a couple of days, and Amy Schumer went into her, into her uh, um, dressing room and said, hey, have you come up with anything? Michelle Williams says, how about this? And Amy Schumer said she died laughing. They just, tears were rolling down her face and her side hurt after she heard Michelle Williams. I Frankly, it's, it's, so, it's so different that I didn't recognize Michelle Williams for about 10 minutes into the movie. And then I went, oh, wait a minute, that's Michelle Williams. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't look different, though. No, does she doesn't she? look different. Uh, but it's just... Uh, it's just, it's just the voice. You got it. You got to hear the voice. It's amazing. 
Um, well, her and uh, Busy Phillips are best friends in real life uh, and have been since the, the Dawson Creek days. So that's your, that's your fun fact with this one. The fun facts for this one's kind of, kind of bare. Um, <laughs> But one question I'm really wondering is, I loved Trainwreck. Uh, I thought that was a great, great movie with her, with her in it. How did this one compare in terms of in terms of quality and humor it's, to that it, one? I would still say Trainwreck's a better film, but it's close. Um, one of the things I liked is um, the relationship between her and uh, Roy Scoville, who plays her boyfriend. Um, one of the things that I thought was really cool is that Rory Scoville is is he's based on uh, it's a husband and wife I don't know if they're, they're it's two writers that have done a lot of scripts together and they wrote and directed this film and the Rory Scoville uh, part is based on the the male writer and uh, Amy's described it as um, he's the type of guy that would go to a Soul Cycle um, uh, you know workout or a Zumba workout. Um, he's the type of guy that really figures out his wardrobe when he's getting ready to go out and like triple checks himself in the mirror before going out. And that's so I, this is not this is more a relatable um, boyfriend than your normal, you know, great looking Matthew McConaughey rom-com kind of couple. Um, so I, it, they're a little bit more unconventional and a little bit more real. Uh, so I enjoy, I really enjoyed that, that portion. I want to see Matthew Wait. McConaughey do another rom-com. Now that he's, you know, made it big, I want to see him go back and try another rom-com just to see how that would be. Just, I don't know. just random, <laughs> random fact. <laughs> random fun facts. Random thoughts. Uh, <laughs> um... Were you rolling your eyes at all in this one? I wasn't. It's an it's a fun film, and um, it it really it really helps that um, like Trainwreck, um, Schumer really commits to the role. Um, there's a just an amazing scene where she goes to uh, I don't remember why, but they go to a, a, a like a kind of a dive bar, and there's a bikini contest, and so she just basically rolls up her t-shirt and she's already got shorts on and enters the contest. <laughs> and then uh, Schumer said in the interview, she said that uh, she was terrified of this scene. But once she got to start, start and, and in the scene, all it says is that um, Renee, her character is standing there in line with the other girls and Schumer decided to just go over the top with it. And, you know, because this, the, she believe, her character believes that she's one of the prettiest women in the world and that every man is going to desire her and she can, she can win this, this bikini contest. So she just goes for it. And it's just a great scene. Um, so I wasn't eye rolling. Any, I don't think anywhere. Um, it's just, it's filled some really good characters. Um, A.D. Bryan is hilarious. And <clears throat> one of the other things that Schumer said in the interview is that they did do a lot of improv because there were so many comedians on this on this film. I mean, she she and uh, Roy Scoville started out um, uh, doing stand up together. Um, you know, they would uh, they were on the same bill a lot of times. You know, and you got A.D. Bryant um, who's great at improv, and and uh, Busy Phillips is just hilarious. So it's got a great got a great cast. Well, on that note, who uh, who did the best job? Was there a standout well, best performance or a worst performance? 
Schumer Schumer is really good, but I got to give it to Michelle Williams because, like I said, she really steals the the, the movie. Um, it's that voice, isn't it? It's a voice, but she, I mean, it's, it's she really commits to it, so it, she does a great job. I don't. I didn't think there was. A, well, I don't know. Um, Adrian Martinez is in it. He plays uh, her co-worker down in the basement, and I, I his. I, I wasn't high on his character. Um, I don't know if it was just his, his character was poorly written or whether or not it's him. But I would say that was probably the worst performance out of it. Um, this one, obviously, not filmed nope. here in Atlanta. So, no Atlanta factor there. Um, on the scale of 1 to 10, or, why do I keep doing that? <laughs> 1, to, one to 5 on the official. I've been gone for a week and I completely forgot the Atlas scale. Um, on a scale of one to five, uh, what would you what would you give this? I one? would probably get it um, probably three point seven five. <laughs> I love how we're getting like more and more interactions yeah. the longer we do this podcast. I, I, I had I thoroughly enjoyed this film. It's a fun film. It'd be a great date film. Um, it's got a great. I, it's funny because there's, there's been some discussion on the internet that this there's there's uh, fat shaming in this, and I don't know where they're getting that at all because. Amy Schumer is basically saying in, in this film or with her characters, just saying embrace yourself and and accept yourself and and um, be who you want to be and and go go with it with gusto and be confident and don't worry about what other people say, just go for it. So I I think right. it's a, a great message for women and and I know that she she that in the, in the interview we did with her she felt very strongly about this film. She was actually supposed to make uh, another film, and then she got this script and she said, "I've got to make this film." Um, and she she was it Barb the Barbie. I'm sorry, because she was involved. She was briefly in the running for the Barbie movie. Yeah, she was. She? And now now she no longer is. Was this the film? She that didn't. She... she didn't say what film it was. She just said that that. Um, the, the, and I, I think it is because she said it was similar in tone, and um, she said she just felt that this script was much stronger than than whatever film it is, which I'm guessing now is the Barbie film. That makes sense. Um, this one, like like Tully, was also moved around because of Avengers. Uh, <laughs> they actually originally planned for this movie to come out on June 29th. And they moved it to April 27th because they had such a positive reception to the first trailer and, and the test screening that they did. But they moved it up a week to avoid Marvel next week. So all the films around it are just basically, all the films around Avengers are just like, meh, we're good. We're going to just go to yeah. other weekends. Um, well, cool. So that one's out this weekend, too. And... Uh, as far as what we're going to have for next week, uh, we will have an Avengers review for you guys, which sadly yeah. I'm going to miss out on unless it's the the magic movie that I'm seeing when I'm at Cinecon. Um, I'm headed out to Vegas on Monday uh, with Samsung. They're doing, um, they have this, this new cinema LED screen. It's the world's first cinema LED screen and it creates a more immersive viewing environment. Uh, they're, they're bringing me out for um, their debut of that Onyx Cinema LED screen at Cinecon. And I wasn't previously really familiar with Cinecon, but like they're like Tom Cruise is coming and like all of the major studios are coming and like showcasing their lineup of films for the rest of the year. 
Um, so I'm really excited to check this one out because I'm not entirely sure um, who the target audience is for this convention. It doesn't necessarily seem like it's a like a fan driven thing. It seems more of an industry thing. Yeah, I believe it's like um, distributors and so like I, theaters I think and it stuff is, because yeah. like. I've seen, like, I follow, you know, on Twitter a bunch of people who go, have gone out there to cover CinemaCon, and, like, they do a lot of trailers and, like, the promotion-y marketing material stuff. But, like, a right. lot of it doesn't actually get released to the public. It, They'll just say, like, oh, we saw a new trailer for so-and-so and stuff, and so it seems like a really cool event to go to, and, like, I've, I've wanted to go. Yeah, and it's but, also a lot of, of stuff like this LED screen, uh, cinema screen. Um, so it's a lot of technology, yeah, new technology. Yeah, there's a lot of technology, the latest in, in, um, you know, like uh, seating and the latest in, you know, sound design and everything else. So it should be cool. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. They've got a lot of really cool networking events around it too. So I'm only going to be there for I don't, probably like 36 hours or something, but, um, um, I'll report back on that next week, and we're supposed to be able to. See, we're supposed to be seeing after they do this big presentation of this this new screen. We're supposed to watch a movie on the screen, and I'm like crossing my fingers that it will be Avengers because um, Disney is there, so it's in theory possible yeah. that it could be. Um, but if not, um, then I'll be seeing it next weekend, and <laughs> you guys will just be reviewing it on your own next week. So. Um, we'll have that and a, a, a final roundup of everything from the Atlanta Film Festival next week as well. Um, so thank you guys for listening. We have a lot of really cool stuff coming up in the next couple of episodes as we uh, approach our 100th episode, which is going to be um, coming out on May the 4th. Um, so may the, may the 4th be with you. Um, that's going to be a really, really cool episode. So look forward to that as well. Um, so just one more episode before that one um, but thank you guys for listening um, again please review us on SoundCloud, iTunes wherever you can, we really appreciate it um, again my name is Emma Loggins editor-in-chief of Bambolt.com and I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner-in-chief editor of Shakefire.com and I'm Mike McKinney with last one to leave a theater.com and ATLCW.tv we'll talk to you guys next week <laughs>